Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Coming to you from Times Square in New York City. A beautiful view from my hotel room. Today is Wednesday, July 24th. I'm going to be heading out soon to do my day at RWA National Conference. I don't have to start until 10, so this has been a bit of a leisurely morning, which it won't be after this. Uh, Lex got up and headed out early to go to the coffee shop, and I was kind of waiting for them to come back, but they haven't yet, so I'm just going to go ahead and do my podcast so I can get it posted. At, uh, it's about 9.20 here, and at 10 o'clock I need to go meet up with a gal friend of a friend who is a newbie writer in um, paranormal romance, science fiction romance maybe? I, I guess I'll find out. Anyway, I'm supposed to, uh, said I'd meet up with her, chat with her a bit, give her some advice. I think this is her first RWA conference, so always good to do that. Uh, not to bury the lead, but um, <laughs> Hamilton was fucking amazing. It was so good, you guys. Uh, it absolutely lived up to the hype and exceeded it. I don't know if it even counts as hype. Uh, lived up to the amazing reviews that it has received. It, um, I listened to the soundtrack extensively once everybody convinced me to. And going to see the show just illuminated so much. It was gorgeously staged. They, um, we were up higher because I didn't want to have to spend my entire life savings on the tickets. Uh, they were expensive enough as it was. But it turned out to be a great spot. I'd gotten us, like, we were in the upper mezzanine, but I got us, like, right up against a rail so there would be nobody in front of us. And we could look down on the stage, and a guy who came by selling water and candy, who was adorable at intermission, he said that it's great to be on those upper seats because you can see the stage in a way that you can't see it from below. Uh, they had, it was sort of a wooden plank stage, polished wood, and then it had two concentric circles in the middle, um, a middle circle and then a border around it. And they could be, they would spiral. They could be made to move so that they would rotate either in the same direction or counterclockwise. So people would move to their, the actors would move to their marks on different points on the circle. So sometimes they would be going opposite directions. And when they had flashbacks, the circles would actually scroll backwards. Um, it was amazing. The, the final scene. Oh, look, Lex is here. I already started the podcast without you, but I'm only a couple minutes into it, and I was full into uh, Hamilton gushing. I was wondering. Yes. I thought, oh. Like, I need to get back so I can gush about Hamilton. She must be sleeping in. And, oh, no. I, I guess I thought you knew I'd be awake. I should have well, said no, that. I, mean, I was getting to the point where it seemed very likely. So. This is a very cute dress. Thank you. Cats frolicking in the garden. Yes. At the bottom. Yes, I was thinking this morning I needed to name this dress, but... Yeah. Well, well, come and sit if you're, yes, unless yes. you're too flustered from. No, I'm not flustered at all. So did you go to Gregory's again? I did. Yeah. I did. And then uh, I contemplated going to Blue Bottle for my second cup of coffee. Ah. But, uh, but you did not. I did not. I decided to swing by here first. So I was just describing the concentric circles of the stage and how they used that for flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And 
that was so cool. And I was just about to talk about the final. Um, I was feeling like it's not a spoiler to to talk about the final duel because history. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I was thinking about that too. About that because that was a, the way they staged it was surprising and delightful. Um, and and I I enjoyed having that moment of surprise enormously. Yes. Um, but I, I did certainly tell Kelly all about it this morning because uh, she's not interested in seeing the musical anyway. So. Well, now she is because I've been messaging with her on Slack and she says, I guess I missed my shot. <laughs> and I said, you were not in the room when it happened. You were not in the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I figure that Toronto will get some kind of touring. Yeah version of Hamilton within the next two or three years. Yeah, I believe um, it's starting to tour now. I know yeah. that it was in Chicago. So, because they usually come fairly quickly, like anyone who desperately wants to see Wicked but can't afford to come here, who lives in Ontario. Which is like many, many people, yeah. right? I mean, coming to New York to see a show is... Yeah. It's 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 a st- it's steep. You have to have a certain amount of privilege, right? Yes. Free time and money. Um, and it helps to have conference on tray. Yes. Stay at the Marriott Marquis on conference rate is a nice mm-hmm. perk. Yes. Yes. The, the, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but the bathroom door has the standard. Here's our hotel, uh, proclamation and, and regulations require that you say, you know, how much you can charge for a room and he, on the wall here, it says something like between 300 and $5,000 a night. <laughs> Charge. And I was like, no, no, we are not paying $5,000. We are not paying $5,000 a night. I've accumulated a certain amount of increased privilege over the last couple of years, but not that much. <laughs> so let's talk about how that was staged. Okay. The, the, the final duel scene. Because mm-hmm. you were talking about last night and you said smart things. Did I? Okay. Can you retrieve smart things? Or, I mean, you've what, had coffee. Yes. What I... What I was impressed with was these these are these are staged versions of cinematic special effects. They're yes, that's a good way to put it. Things that we are accustomed to seeing in films and therefore we we overlay that experience into the live theatrical performance and you probably already talked about the no, rewind. I did talk about the rewind. Yeah. Yes. So that rewind, I'm not sure how that would have played to an audience that wasn't incredibly familiar with that visual language in film. I think it would still make sense, but you'd probably have to block it a bit more overtly. But, I mean, is there anybody alive now who's not at least somewhat familiar with? Yeah. Um, But, um, but this was, this was a freeze frame combined with super slow motion and a dance number done live. And they had, they had perfectly set it up because there are three duels over the course of Hamilton. Yes, and so it's a beautiful story structure. You get that one, that two, three. Recurring, yes, rule of threes. Um, in each of the duels, they set up the idea of the count to ten where the, the participants separate by actually interspersing dancers' bodies as stand-ins for the numbers. So you get this line of white figures between the two combatants before they turn around and fire. Um, and so this time as that's happening, you're not surprised by it or it doesn't seem unusual, but then when... Burr fires, they do a freeze frame and the first dancer grabs the bullet. Yes. So steps in and puts their fingers right in front and stops the bullet, which is, again, something very familiar from, like, say, the Marvel Universe. Or the Matrix. Or the Matrix, where somebody steps in and and 
it was you're right you know it like borrowed from that cinematic universe and in, immediately conveyed we all knew exactly what yes. had happened yes it's like okay time has been yeah. stopped and we can see even though of course there's no actual physical bullet we can see the bullet between her fingers um, and at that point, the camera's moving at, at almost zero. Right. She's not moving. Burr is frozen. And then Hamilton gets to break into real time. And it's he's basically experiencing the moment, the next right. second before the bullet hits. Right. Like, what's that famous short story where, like, the whole thing takes place in the... Ambrose Bierce. Um, an occurrence at, at Owl, Owl Creek, Creek Bridge. Bridge. Yes. Yeah. Um So from listening to the soundtrack and deliberately avoiding reading the book, I had I had assumed that this was going to be he shot and then he sings that whole number. Right. You were saying that it was going to be like the Shakespearean thing that we all hate where the person yeah. managed to deliver. Right. A, my favorite one is actually um, like in Carmen, mm -hmm. the opera. Yeah, I was where, going to say it's also very opera. Uh, yes, right. Where she's like dying of emphysema but up. still manages to deliver this yeah. very long aria on how she's dying. Yeah. And in opera, of course, you, you, can't, you can't lie down and sing, right? So it's always I'm... I'm wilting, I'm wilting, but then I straighten up so I have diaphragmatic breath, <laughs> and then I sing, and then I wilt some more. Um, but this was much more dynamic because he hadn't been struck yet. Right. So he's all over the stage, and everyone is frozen, but the turntable is And the whole time the, the bullet's being held. Yeah, but it's also moving. Yes. Um, and I think it was the point where they picked up the dancer holding the bullet and had her horizontally moving across the stage like an arrow where I, I really lost my shit. Yeah. It's like, fuck me. I'm barely listening to this incredible song because I'm like, ah, oh, the I, choreography. Some, I saw some uh, readers, book bloggers yesterday afternoon for drinks, and one of them has seen Hamilton like four times. Do you have an urgent message on your phone? No, no. sorry. I'm surprised one. And she'd said every time she sees it, she picks up more. And I was kind of surprised by that because I've listened to the soundtrack so extensively. Mm -hmm. But now I understand what she means because there is so much visual stuff going on, mm -hmm. much more than I expected. Yeah. So, and when I was listening to the soundtrack this summer, sort of as as lead up to this, I, I didn't I didn't worry too much that there were passages where I wasn't sure exactly who was talking. Right. Because it was like all you government guys kind of blend together in some sense, um, and that's that's very appropriate, right? Right. But, but then, <laughs> then when we're looking at it on stage, it's like, oh, that's Jefferson's line. And yes. Suddenly, this makes so much more sense. Um, I loved that. Um, at the And I think it was only at the end that King George was on stage more often, mm -hmm. like up in the background doing his little jig of joy. Yes. And... Uh, I don't think I saw him that much more often, but I became aware that various characters did come in and observe yes. scenes in which they had an emotional stake, but not a speaking role. Yes. So that's something else that's invisible on the soundtrack, but yes. was hugely compelling on the stage. Yeah. That 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 somehow visually the the sort of intertwined theme of of dying's easy, living's harder, and winning's easy, and government's harder. And history has its eyes on you. Yeah. Is is much more visually communicated than musically. Yeah. Um, and and that idea of of winning the war is easy, but building the nation is hard. Somehow, even though it's all there in music, um, when you have people in front of you 
living that reality, performing that reality. It's it adds an extra level of currency to yes to what you're seeing, yeah, to what you're experiencing. So yeah, it was really just so amazingly done in that it worked on so many levels. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the the genius aspects of uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's book and score, and, and he's certainly not the first to do it, and probably not the first to do it effectively, but, you know, using those recurring refrains, yes, bringing those back in so that they have um, elevated meaning mm -hmm. later in mm -hmm. the story, uh, you know, like Angelica saying, uh, about her sister. I'm not here for you that bad. Or, yes. Yeah. And the you came at just the right time refrain when that comes back between the sisters. Is, oh. Yes. Uh, yes. And I will never be satisfied. I mean, yes. it's like. Yeah, that the meaning of that sort of morphs over time. Morphs yeah. over time, too. So, so it, it is kind of an interesting way that they do it, like what something means in youth mm -hmm. versus what it means. Yes, later in life, living with it for for years. Right. Yes. For a nineteen-year-old to say, "I will never be satisfied," is different than when the forty-five-year-old yeah. husband and father says it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost flattering to the woman you're courting when you're nineteen, because there's an implied promise that that but you you will be that. But right. then when you're still saying it at fifty, you're basically saying, "Honey, yeah, I told you you would never be enough." Um, <laughs> Right. <laughs> Should listen. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I'm I'm very curious to see what kind of what kind of aging process the musical goes through. Yes, I saw West Side Story live a couple of years ago at a theater in in Toronto that we just love. It's um, it's on Ossington Street and it's a really tiny theater. And one of the things we actually love about it is if you're in the front row, you pretty much have the dancers in your lap. Like if you're... If but you're not here, actually lap dances. Not actual lap dances. But but we'd seen spam a lot and, you know, it was like mere inches to not get hit by the fish. Um, <laughs> so we, we deliberately booked West Side Story for the front row so that we would have the sharks and jets all but in our laps. And, and they staged it very much as the film was staged. And I, I thought, you know, the the only big options with West Side Story are to do it straight or or to do it black box and leave the audience to imagine because it's so extremely locked in the time and place that it was written. Yes. And now they're making a film version. They're filming it here in New York really? right now. I, I have a friend who watched them build the set in their backyard like a week ago. Wow. Um, and I, I saw one clip from it and the shots look exactly like the original. So I'm assuming they're going to do it straight again, but I'm like, is there a way to do West Side Story now so that it's different? Or are you just offering us new faces and new voices in the roles? Um, and I'm like, how will, because Hamilton seems, because it's a historical, ironically, like it should, it should transport better. Yes. Yes. Um, because it's almost more of a, um, a fixed point in time, yeah. whereas West but Side West Side Sto Story is too, but it was current at the time it was written. Right. Um, and so so it reflects the prejudices of that era. Yeah. And in some ways it's a very uncomfortable show now. Yes. Yes. There I mean there are very obviously things about it that are super problematic. Um but but everything in Hamilton last night felt relevant to this moment. 
that, right? Yes. I mean, it's clearly, uh, you know, so much of it speaks to the current U.S. politics and worldwide politics. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I was going to tell you this last night, and I didn't know if you knew that um, wonderful scene where George Washington steps down and they mm. send him off. Did you know that the cast performed that for Obama's when they left the White House? I didn't, but it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I mean, there's always been sort of a tie between the Obamas and the show, right? Like, yeah. Miranda performs some of it for, like yeah. before it was even up on stage here, right? Yeah. Um, and so there was there's so much resonance to that because it was the you know because that was something that president you know and, and you being Canadian you may not have been as keenly aware although I think that the whole Trump election resonated throughout the world. Yes. <laughs> but um, you know when a lot of people were feeling like Trump illegally won the election. You know, and President Obama said, our democracy is built on the peaceful transition of power, mm -hmm. and we will this, mm -hmm. we will leave the White House. You know, yeah. people were saying, no, you don't have to. And he's like, no. You know, and so that yeah. scene with Washington saying essentially the same thing. Yes. You know, yes, and that sense of this is a necessary thing or we will not learn how to do this. Right. Um, is It's one of those crucial moments in American history because it wouldn't have been hard for him to transition into well people wanted him wanted yeah. Washington to be king yeah exactly. and, and that was something we were talking about last night too that's very interesting to go look at Aaron Burr's history because Aaron Burr was a monarchist mm -hmm. and even after the duel when he was sent packing I think yeah. he was I don't know if he was imprisoned. He might have been imprisoned for a little mm -hmm. while for killing Hamilton but he was certainly exiled and he actually tried to set up a kingdom in like Missouri and Louisiana area mm -hmm. where he was planning to be like the monarch of the Midwest or <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. I um yeah, I try not to to say much about US politics. It's Well, and why should you? I mean it's it's it it it's it's very Canadians often like to pass judgment on the U.S., as, as do many other nations. Right. right. It's the, the thing about being a, a big target. But um, but sometimes in Canada, that's a refuge from hiding hiding from our own problems with uh, racism and colonialism. And, um, I, and, and those are problems where I actually have a, a vote as well as a stake. Right. Um, and I mean, I feel like I do have a stake in U.S. politics because the, foot, the political footprint of the U.S. Yeah, is so outsized that what happens here has a very direct effect on my life sometimes. But um, but you but you need to keep your focus on what you yeah, can well, at least yeah, some, to some extent. There's something it. a little bit rude about wagging your finger over a border when you you haven't cleaned your own house at home. <laughs> um, uh, Kelly, your wife has uh, posted before, and I, and I do appreciate it. Like when people have said things about. Oh, look at these horrible racist things happening in the U.S. And she occasionally will post news articles saying, "Look how the indigenous peoples are being treated yes. in Canada." Yes, <laughs> um, and and I think the, some Canadians are becoming a little better about not pretending that isn't true. But um, but I live in a very politicized little queer leftist bubble, so sometimes it's hard to know <laughs> what's going on outside of it. I know the bubble thing is so interesting. Um, well, the bubble is. The bubble is real. The bubble is real, but it's also, you know, sometimes it's the only way to cope with the world. That's true. It, it does protect us. Um, so. so what are you going to do today? 
Oh, I have a publishing business to transact. I'm going to meet up with my agent and then we're going to go talk to my editor about and some stuff. And who is your agent? My agent is Caitlin Blasdell at the Liza Dawson Agency. Um, my editor is Christopher Morgan at Tor. Um, you know, I think um, your agent shares office space with my agent. Is it Liza Dawson in the yeah. same offices as Nancy Yost? Because I was there the other night and... Right. Yeah. It's on 7th, I think. It's... Um, oh, maybe I can tell then. you which coffee shops it's near. Oh, because you're going to the coffee shop, not the offices. No, I'm going to go to the coffee shop and then I'm going to go to their offices. Okay. And, and then we are going to go down to Tor. Um, Tor. And then what I, what I provisionally might do after that meeting, depending on time and energy, is go to the Whitney Gallery of American Art, oh, which is near the High Line in, in sort of Greenwich Village, Chelsea-ish area. I apologize to New Yorkers for that bit of vagueness. But, um, <laughs> I, w I was over in that area yesterday. Yeah, it was so yeah. pretty. There's a blue bottle coffee down there. Oh, so well. I do know that about it, <laughs> uh, as well as, of course, the, the I day think it's history. important to navigate by coffee shops. Yeah, that's, it is how I map. Yeah. Um, so I might go to the Whitney unless, like, I'm exhausted or carrying. I, I'm hoping to get another arc out of them because I gave my last one away. Uh, and there's a there's a there's a rewriting task with the sequel of the book that will be easier if I have an arc in hand. I could still do it otherwise, but it would just save me so much effort if I could have an. Because you could like have the paper copy. Yeah, open. in front of me and not have two screens glaring at me at the same time. Um, so, and it's big, it's a big book, it's heavy. So I might be very like, oh, I'm going to an art gallery with a book in my backpack because I brought the iPad too. Um, but either way, then I'm going to come back here, grab some food and go see Beetlejuice tonight. Yay, that'll be fun. I'm excited, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, well, thank you very much for joining me. You're so very welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, well, I enjoyed having you. Mm, I enjoyed being had. <laughs> good yeah. lap dances and all uh, yeah. all right well um thanks all for listening in and should be posting tomorrow yay bye. Bye. take care bye bye